Coyote Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb Savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. With an extensive background in both music and programming, Sikatoy is one of the most raved about music producers of the moment. The European artist has since developed a truly unique sound, bringing a distinctive flavor of Arabic club sounds with heavy bass lines and piercing beats, with which he has already accomplished several chart toppers. Sikatoy creates a profound feel to each and every track he works on, resulting in many successful collaborations with an array of well-known international artists, including Pitbull, Inna, and many more. Besides his enumeration of successful national and international collaborations, Sikatoy is also the winner of a Grammy for the best Latin rock and urban alternative album obtained through his collaboration with Pitbull, Mohambi, and Wissen for Baddest Girl in Town. Also releasing his own productions, Sikatoy released his debut track, Addicted, featuring Minelli, which had amazing success as the song ranked number one in Shazam, Romania, and conquered local airplay charts. With many more successful releases and collaborations racking up over 100 million streams across his discography, Sikatoy has penetrated radios internationally, topping Romanian airplay charts and conquering digital charts and listeners worldwide with his productions. Up next on Slepsvant, we've got Sikatoy. Where do we find you in the world? How are you doing and what's happening in your life? Uh, thank you so much for inviting me to the podcast. In the world, like geographically, yes, I'm, I'm based in Romania okay. right now, but I travel a lot around the world. So I probably travel maybe 30, 40% of the time out of, out of the country. Okay. And on the on the internet, of course, because that's the second world for yes. us. <laughs> uh, I'm on Spotify on Sikotoy. I also I have my YouTube channel, TikTok, but like mostly I'm posting music there. Mm. So Instagram, I have my my producer profile that's Alex Kotoy and my artist pro- profile Sikotoy, and yeah. Why did you choose the name Sikatoy? Where where does that come from? Yeah, that's that's kind of interesting because I woke up in the in the morning with that. <laughs> it, it 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 actually comes from my name because my name is Alex Kotoy. So if you if you hear it, it's like Kotoy. But I was thinking how to incorporate my name in a cool kind of name, yep. and I'm thinking like uh, my music is is pretty. I don't know how to say it. It's like a toy, like gimmicky kind of vibe, oh, but in okay. a sick way, you know. Yeah, yeah. So yes, that's, that's kind of like sicko toys, like the the weird toy, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not anything sexual about it, but like it's. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I get it. <laughs> now let's rewind. Let's all go all the way back to the beginning. So whatever age that might be, whether it was as a child, as a teenager. At what age did you decide, cool, I want to be in the entertainment world or create music? And how did that journey progress to where we are today? I, I would have preferred to say that it started in the womb, but <laughs> it's, it's, it actually started in the high school. Uh, I, I was always passionate about uh, music, maybe since like 10, 12 years. I like played a little bit of 
piano, keyboard, stuff like that, but most mostly like playful, not in a serious way. Yep. But in uh, in high school, I started playing guitar a lot, and I really loved it. And I was like into rock bands, into like Metallica, Nirvana. I was very, I I started being very passionate about music and uh, thinking about doing a career in music. So actually, the first uh, I don't know, maybe seven, eight, eight years actually, I was a live uh, live musician. Okay. And I played guitar with lots of bands. I toured around Europe and stuff like that. And afterwards, I just like fell in love with actually the the process of making music, and I started producing. I actually, I think my first song that was produced was in 2009. So it's probably, yeah, I don't know how many years, like 14 years. <laughs> yep. What bands did you play and what genre of music did you play guitar when you were performing live? The first band I had when I was in high school was a, like a rock band, kind of like um, Led Zeppelin vibes, mm. maybe Iron Maiden, stuff like that, like heavy metal. But afterwards, I I started touring uh, more professionally, and I played also like in jazz bands. I played with a, a big band. I played in an orchestra at one point, um, and then uh, I played with with this was a famous Romanian group back then called Morandi. They were actually like a dance group, but they they incorporated like live elements to to their sound. So. Like besides synths and stuff like that, we also had live drums and uh, and guitar and stuff like that. So with this band, actually, I toured a lot in uh, in Europe, in like Greece, Turkey, Kazakhstan, Azerbaijan. I don't know Slovakia, Russia, Ukraine, mm-hmm. everywhere. From from this band, I actually became more interested in the in the way of making music because like I recorded lots of guitars for the. For the actually songs that that came out. So now you've played with different jazz, rock, heavy metal, dance. What is the difference creating music or being part of music in those different genres? And obviously, you now more in the dance world. But what was it like transitioning from jazz to orchestra to heavy metal? Was it easy transitions doing those different types of genres? Or did you have to put your mind into it and say, okay, cool. I was doing this type. Now I'm doing this type. Yeah, I, I think I think for sure when, when you like switch something or like it gets challenging in a way mm. and you have to like to focus your mind on how that genre works or like how that style works. But for me, and, and maybe that's why uh, it helped me also in the, uh, in the near future, like for creating music. I mean, like, it doesn't depend de- depend on the style, but the energy is the same. So even if you're in a jazz band, because because like, like people think on on uh, when when they think of like a jazz band, they think of something mellow or like chill. Yes, but actually there are some jazz songs with like lots of energy and like yeah. quick improvisations and mind thinking on that and like yeah. they are really like hectic. Back in the seventies, like lots of jazz musicians were on like some high high yeah. stuff the the only thing that transitioned from style to style was the the energy level the mood the state of mind the feeling everything you know so and i think music is about that anyway even for the listener and also for the ones that that create the music or like they play the music 
when you're listening to music by other artists, are you able to relax and just listen and chill to the music? Or are, is your creative brain and technical brain unpacking everything that the other artist has done? Of course, that's, that's, a, that's a side thing that came up with doing lots of music. Because yeah. like most of the time, like 99% of the time, you're in the creative you're in the like technical kind of minds mm. and you're like thinking about the creative process element and stuff like that. But from time to time, there are some songs that pass through that filter. So gets, gets like straight to my soul, to my emotion. Uh, when, when I feel that I'm, I'm still enjoying the, the state, the mood of the, of the music. Am I correct in understanding that you feel music? Because I'm not sure if you're aware. So there's NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming. So people process information differently. And part of that is music. So people, they either see pictures or create pictures or they hear or it's about the feeling. So when it comes to music, they create a picture around the music. They hear the words or the audio of the music or they create a feeling. So based on what you just said, am I correct in understanding that you are a person that's kind of aesthetic when it comes to music and it's around the emotion and the feeling? Yeah, for sure. 100%. I mean, like, it's a mix. It's definitely a mix of, of things when, when you, like, create because you have you, you also need to know how to use the tools for that. So using the tools kind of gets you out of the emotional side of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but when you do it and get to like the core of your feeling, then it, it's the tools are just like a means of getting into that, that state, that emotion. Definitely. I think music, it's about feeling. And it's so weird because I, I actually from maybe since the last couple of years. So like when, when I, when I created music, I was, I wasn't paying that enough attention to the lyrics. Okay. I I paid attention to the, like the melody, to the like feeling of the melody of the like instrumental, the pro, the production and everything. But the lyrics, I got every uh, every time I got the idea, I got like what they are talking about, what's what's about with the lyrics, but never get into the emotion side of it. Yeah. And I I since since the last like two two or three years, I started like to grow grow more on the lyrics you know okay. but usually that this this happens when something else happens in your life so it gets correlated when you're like deeply touched emotional in in your real life then you relate more to the words you released your first single in 2009 so was it that, that as an artist or as a producer for another no, artist uh, that 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 was a production for another artist so when did you start uh, releasing your own music I had in uh, in 2010 2011 uh, I was part of a band called Sonic House and then we created our own music and we released our own music as as an artist like as an independent artist back then it was MySpace and stuff like that <laughs> it was very <laughs> interesting afterwards like we broke up with the band every everyone got on their different ways but like I focused more on on producing for other artists Till 2019 when I started Sikotoy. So we're going to go back to Sikotoy in a moment. So let's unpack your production for other artists. Okay. What is that process? Is it just a process of they reaching out to me or you reach out to them or a combination of both? 
How is that process? What is your production hat? In the beginning, it was like I tried to reach the artists because like nobody knew about me. Of course, it's a it's a thing of reaching artists, reaching labels, sending songs to like and ours, like trying to make make something out of it. And afterwards, it, when songs start to work and they get like hits or like airplanes and stuff like that, more and more artists want to work with you. So it's a mix of both things still. So when you're producing for an artist, for another artist, how do you approach that? What is your strategy? Is it different every time or is it always the same? As the rate of success, of, of success, I, I felt like maybe 90% of the time when you think of doing a song for an artist, for a specific artist, it will not work. Why do you say that? It's, I don't know. It's it's kind of a weird dynamic because like when you think of a specific artist, subconsciously, you limit the song a lot. So your song starts to get boundaries, you know, like limits. But but I think the, the best way to approach this is like to serve the song first. Go in the room, even if it's with the artist mm-hmm. or without, just do a great song. And afterwards, it will fit for most, for yeah. a specific kind of artist. But if if you think more of the artist and less of the song, it, it kind of gets blurry. And okay. it's, it's just a matter of fact. I, I feel like every time when you think about, yeah, let's do a song for this artist, even for my project. If I'm thinking of doing a song for my project, it's usually I, I get like lots of more limits than actually like thinking about a good song. And then I'll drag it into my sound. Your creative process, when you're creating stuff for yourself, what is that process for you? Is it easy every time? What motivates it? What invigorates it? So let's let's say like that. Like the base point is I'm organizing sessions for my project. So I'm just like reserve myself, I don't know, two, three, four weeks where I uh, start working on with with. Uh, uh, different people, different songwriters, and building like a collection of ideas from where to start about. Then afterwards, I'm listening and I pick the ones that I feel are the best, and I'm producing them in 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 my area or like I work more on them. Also, it can be, but this is more of a like not the the typical way. I can have an idea like one time in the morning and start that you know even if it's a bit or if i think of a sample or like think of of something i'm just like getting that idea through just to have it but usually the the process is like doing sessions and, and i usually an, prefer to be in that session and if an idea is taking long long period of time maybe a few months even over a year do you sometimes say okay let it go do you bring it into through to another idea Usually, usually I don't, I don't let me sink too much into a specific idea. I usually leave space and time between them. I probably I can work maybe on seven, eight, ten ideas at a time. So if I if I'm feeling like I'm stuck, if I feel like I'm stuck in in a certain idea, I just let it go for I don't know a month maybe or like okay. two months. And afterwards, when I listen, it's like a, a fresh song. It's a new song. Then you, your brain starts to like think, oh, it was that simple. Like I could have done that and that's it. Mostly probably 
Many of us do it like that. It's often when people are thinking about something and they can't remember and they can't remember. The minute they s- stop thinking about it or trying to remember it, then they're like, ah, that's it. <laughs> the same exactly, scenario. Exactly. Leave a bit of the, the ice cream in the freezer, you know, just for <laughs> to freeze it up a bit and then let it melt. Yeah, yeah. I love that analogy. That is super cool. <laughs> so yeah. I love me a CD. I still buy my CDs. I still budget for my CDs every month. I love the aesthetic of holding something. I love the pages, the artwork. For me, it's an energy exchange to say thank you to the artists for all the hard work that you guys put into creating music. I'm not sure if you're aware, CDs, vinyls, cassettes, they're all making a comeback. For example, last year in the UK alone, there were 5.5 million vinyls sold, the biggest since 1990. But we've also got these digital platforms. (laughs) What is your perceptions of the physical versus the digital? Do you prefer either or? And let's unpack what your perceptions and of the consumption of music is. So as a matter of fact, actually, two months ago, I probably bought like 20 vinyls. I'm more of that guy. I'm an old school guy on on this type of matter. And, and I also feel like it's important to have the connection with the artist and to like feel feel rewarded by the artist in mm. that way. It's like it's like a special thank you for, for that. Exactly. Unfortunately the whole industry with all those like digital platforms and, and the streaming services, maybe it will sound rough, but I feel like they made music cheaper. Cheaper in the sense of like unappreciated in a way. Yep. It's too too much volume. So it's it's a it's a lot of volume and I don't know. Back in the day, I was like super excited to go to the store, grab an album, put it in the CD or the cassette or like in the in the vinyl, mm. listen to, to the, I don't know, 45 minutes, one hour of the album and be amazed about the music, right? Now, I don't know what artist puts out an EP or like an album and you go just in the morning on the toilet or in the treadmill, you listen to the album. I don't think that's that's really fun, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's the whole experience, like you said, going to a store, going onto Amazon, whatever, choosing, cool, this is my budget for the month. I can choose these two or three. I'm choosing those, waiting in the post, going to the store, unwrapping, going through the pictures, reading the thank yous. That's where it's that whole experience and whole journey of having that, which a lot of people don't have anymore because it's like, Oh, here's a song. Let's just skip. Oh, here's another song. Here's yeah, and, let's just skip. And, and and also it's about I don't know in a way like the mythology, mythology mm. of music. You know, because I felt artists like especially big artists should inspire people. So when you inspire lots of people, you become like an idol to them, mm-hmm. which I think is it was kind of cool. Now nowadays also with TikTok and everything, it's so weird. Like artists have to like put their their uh, i don't know 10 ideas before just to have the feedback of the of the audience yes they, it's 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 more in the in the way that the audience controls the artist not yes. the artist controls their feelings and exposed to the to, to the audience so i think we we miss that that's also in in a way of my like cheap kind of yeah, doing yeah. music right now. I don't want to see. Like, I, I don't want to see James Hetfield of Metallica how he's like doing. I don't know barbecue or like. <laughs> yes. You know I'm, I mean? this, I'm, I'm I mean, totally the fun. same with you. I'm totally the same. Yes. 
Absolutely. And also, yeah. also, I, I was actually, I had a session and I really appreciated that. And also, I saw the artist did that also. I was in Berlin three weeks ago. And uh, for my luck, there, there were two concerts there. there. There was a gig with James Hype in Watergate. Yeah. And there was a gig with Fred again uh, at Mercedes-Benz Arena. So I got to go to them both, which was crazy because like, I was with totally another business there. Uh, the thing that I loved about the, the James Hype gig was the fact that at the entrance in the club, they uh, added stickers to the, to the phones, to the cameras of the phones. Oh, interesting. For the first time in the last, I don't know, maybe five, six years, I felt like everybody and the energy in the room was all about the music. Because nobody was watching the mm. show on their phone with yeah. the artists in the front, you know? Yeah. For, for me, that feels crazy. Very weird, messed up. So I'm that person always in front, jamming, dancing, doing my thing. I will take one or two photos or videos for Celeb's Vine, but then I put my phone away. But I see the people around me having their phones out, getting the perfect videos, getting tweeting, posting, whatever they're doing. I was at a, a an event or a concert a few couple of weeks ago and the person who she loves this person i'm not mentioning names so the person was on stage and the person she was filming herself the whole time singing the songs with this little person in the background on stage she didn't look at him once on the stage i'm like what are you doing <laughs> like what are yeah, you doing but yeah, on the just... on the receiving end of that seeing a bunch of phones a lot of time does that bother you does that break the energy does that frustrate you what is your perception of that the image looks nice because, like, you see all the all those lit up phones. Mm. Back in the day, they were lighters. So, yeah. <laughs> but but I I don't agree with that. Okay. I don't agree with that for sure. I, I I mean, like, for sure you can make a couple of photos or stuff like that. But you're here, you're there for for the music. You're there for the artists. You're you're there to enjoy yourself, to have the experience. Mm-hmm. If you're zoning out all the time, doing other stuff, just posting on Instagram, texting WhatsApp filming the whole concert and watching actually the concert on the phone, not on yeah. the actual stage. <laughs> For me, that's kind of weird. Just watch some concert on YouTube. It's the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. What do you enjoy about performing live? Of course, it's it's a total different experience uh, than the one in the studio. Mm. And it's all about the energy and the way you, you can control the crowd. You get a reaction. You like change the song. You, you're feeling like you're doing something. You're not having time, you know, when you mix songs. So mm. it's kind of fun. It's fun. I I don't feel like I'm working that much when I'm, when I'm performing. It's more of a fun thing. And when you're mixing, are you mixing a combination of your original tracks, tracks you've done with other artists and tracks by other artists, a combination of all yeah, three? Definitely. A combination of, of all three. And usually, also on my on my songs, I'm doing like remixes of that of those, you know, like okay. I'm doing some mashups, stuff like that, you know, like weird combinations. I mean, it's a DJ, so DJ should mm. be a DJ, you know. Yeah. So this leads me to my next question. I love this game, and I understand if I had to ask you this question in two days, two hours, two minutes, I understand that your answer will be different every time because there are millions of them. But if you had to push play to five songs by other artists, once we finish this conversation, 
what would those five songs be and by whom? Wow. <laughs> yes. I definitely like now I'm you know, you know, Fred against Skrillex please. But if I if I'm gonna go like to my true spirit, I probably play a remix of Nirvana, Smells yes. Like Teen Spirit, uh Sweet Dreams, but the Marilyn Manson version. Um Ratata from Skrillex, definitely. Let me think of another one. Prodigy, definitely. Yeah, Prodigy, I would play um Voodoo People. That's the one. And I also would play like I always play that in, in, in my sets. I don't know if you know this song, it's it's called Babylonia. Uh who's it by? Born Again Babylonia, that's the name of the song. Sonary James and Ryan Marciano. I must look that one up. Yeah, it's cool. it's like a very classic classic back in the day song the podcast is listened to throughout the world so as a final message to the listening audience what would you like to say just to listen music mm-hmm. just to listen to their favorite artists and um, enjoy the music as emotionally as possible as they can and also like if they like Sikotoy just check my Spotify page yes yeah.